0: hello and welcome to abe's front porch talk i hope you guys are doing great on this friday night this is revelations 21 one more chapter after tonight and we will be done with revelations i hope you guys have been enjoying revelations i've said this in the past couple of episodes already or a few episodes i started the book of revelations in the fall of 2021 i should have been through with it in 2022 but i got sick during 2022 and that put me behind when i got sick so you know i told you i was in the hospital in 2022 i got hospitalized twice also you know i had to go through a lot of therapy just to get my strength back and not physical therapy having to go having to rehabilitate me it just took me a long time to get my strength back to get where i needed to be at today and it just took forever seemed like i had lost a lot of weight I mean my weight went down drastically. So I'm I have my good days and bad days with this. I don't want to go into a whole lot of details, but it seemed like since I started talking on the book of revelations I've been under a lot of physical and spiritual attacks, like I've said before in some of the past episodes. And, you know, you may not actually believe in that stuff, but spiritual attacks are real. And you know your health is failing you. And you're sick, but your doctors are saying that they can't find nothing. You're negative. Then you got people saying that, you're a hypochondriac, and you want—you always want your doctors to tell you your test results are coming back negative. They can't find anything. Well, what your doctors don't realize is that sometimes it's Satan, it's a demon, and behind all of this that's making you sick. They know how to latch on to you. A lot of people call it generational curses. Which, you know, I'm not going to dispute that fact. It can be in some cases. But there are other cases that, you know, just as scripture tells you, when the woman was trying to give birth to the male child, Satan was there to devour that child. Satan knows the anointing that God puts upon your life and what he's calling to ordain you. So he will do everything he can to devour you while you're in the womb. And hopefully, if he can't devour you while you're in the womb, when you come out of the womb of your mother, he's there to devour you. Scripture tells you that. It speaks about the woman giving birth. I've talked about this. It's in the book of Revelations. And always remember, a lot of times when people are saying you're a hypochondriac or your doctor's saying your test results are negative, which is good, just remember, it's Satan. It's those demons trying to stop you because they do not want you walking in your calling. And if it, they have to attack you health-wise and, mental and mentally to bring you down and have people to turn against you, They'll do it. They know who will turn. Because they, these people claim to be Christians and lovers of Christ, but yet they'll call you hypochondriac, which that makes them a liar. And they know who's in behind your health, where they should be praying for Satan and those demons to take their hands off of you. It's a lot there. I can go on with that, but I will not. But just remember, you're not crazy. You're not being a hypochondriac. You, yourself, are experiencing the sickness. Now, there are people who are hypochondriacs. Don't get me wrong. But you know who you are, and you know that you're not. So, just keep rebuking Satan. Keep praying, and pray and fast. That's the most important thing to do. But, I'm going to take this short break. Let's get into Revelations 21, and let's get started. Ding, 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 ding. All right, folks, I'm back. Thank you for that short break. I know that's going to be a weird break there, folks. I decided to let that ding, ding, ding go as a little break, have something different besides the music, I was in my own little world, waiting to the first few minutes to process and download. And then after it downloaded, before I realized it, I was in my own little world, hit the record button, and I was in here just saying random stuff to myself. And before I realized, I'd done got a few seconds of that ding, ding, ding involved. And then I I thought about deleting it, and I thought, no, I'll just let it go. Maybe somebody get a good laugh out of it, because I was laughing at myself over it. So, I hope you enjoyed that one. It was something different. So, if you ever in your own little world, and you do something crazy like I just did, don't feel bad. I hope you enjoyed it. But let's get started with uh, chapter 21 here in Revelations. And I want you all to remember, look around to what's going on in the world. All the prophecies of the Bible are fulfilling right before our eyes. Many people don't believe God is speaking to us through the wildfires, the floods, the earthquakes, the volcanoes. But it is Him. Jesus is speaking to us. That's his wrath. And if you ever really read the Bible, God always spoke through natural disasters as his wrath. And it's to help people to start changing their ways. But scripture also tells us people will see all of this and they still will not repent. And then when they start going through more hardships and rough time comes and they basically start losing they start blaspheming his name because they had it all and lost it all. And so this is how people are going to be easily deceived when the Antichrist and the false prophet comes. They're going to do all these miracles and people's going to fall for them, even your children. Speaking of your children... I was thinking about this after I did last week's episode and talking about the mark of the beast again and stuff too. You know, I, I think I said that parents will even take their children to go get the mark. But what about the children that are in foster homes, in these orphanages, and the government forces the children to take the mark? And these children have not been taught about the bible or most of them have not been taught about the bible to say no it's gonna be rough even on the children because they've been taught to respect their elders to mind them not to be rebellious and these poor children they're gonna be so young even the teenagers And they're not going to know what to do. And they're going to try to respect their elders. There might be a fight in the beginning where some of the teenagers says no and rebel. But some will finally cave in. Because of guilt trip. Because they have nowhere else to go. And children 7 and 8 that really don't know scriptures that well that may never been brought up in church that's in foster homes because their parents died when they were babies. So they're in and out of foster home, and the foster parent says, if you're going to live in my house, you have to have this mark. Because when you get older, nobody's going to be supporting you. Or they'll say, if you leave this foster home, and you have to go to another, they're going to want you to have that mark. And a seven to eight year old child takes the mark. That could be where it talks about how the rich, the poor, the young, and the old will all be deceived. Will all fall. It's going to be so many deceivements there to make the young children take his mark. And we all set up for it. And nobody's preaching truth anymore. Everybody keeps talking about how watered down the sermons are. It's not watered down anymore. It's all lies. And it's all about politics. And we need to pull away from politics. And start getting into the word. And knowing what God is saying and speaking. The truth. Because you don't want your children. If you the state comes in and takes your children away from you. And that foster parent makes your child take the mark of the beast. What are you going to do? Your child has it. And maybe you taught your child not to take it, but they got cornered in that foster home to take it. Maybe they were threatened by the government. Maybe they were threatened by the foster parents. You know, it's sad. And that's something you need to think about. You might say, well, that's too negative. I don't want to. Don't. Let Satan say that to you. Don't believe that. That's a lie from the pits of hell to get your children. And once you receive that mark, no matter what, how young or how old you're hell bound. People might say, Well, you're saved, your your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you've been saved, you can take the mark. No. You gave that's you giving your soul right over to Satan right then and there. Just because you've been saved, and a lot of people believe once saved always saved, and they will take it, and they're going to realize once saved always saved, it's not true, and that's where a lot of deceivements going to come in. That's so over that once saved always saved, and many preachers, many pastors are probably going to tell you, "Oh, go ahead and take it. You've been saved. You're bought by the blood. You're forgiven." Christ don't want you to suffer without food and water. Don't believe what everybody else is telling you and try to back it up with Scripture. But Scripture plainly tells you once you receive the mark of the beast, you you will be hell bound and you will have boils to come up on your body that will be painful for receiving it because you belong to Satan then because that's his mark. All right, let's move on starting with verse 1, and this is the King James Version, in case you're new here. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is at thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers And all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. I want to stop there just for a minute. You know, there in verse eight, where it says, "But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable, abominable, and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers and all liars, shall, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death." See, when things come, we can't be fearful. We've got to put the full armor of God on. We've got to walk strong. And you've got to know who's on your side and who is not. A lot of people don't want to be alone because during this time a lot of people's going to start feeling that loneliness. They're going to be lonely. They're going to be by themselves. They're going to be miserable because they're going to realize their family and friends did not love them like they said they did. They will betray you. Your family, your own brothers and sisters, your own parents, your own children will betray you. Your cousins, your best friends, your neighbors will betray you. And we're in that time frame now. But you've got to endure all these things unto the end. For all the unbelievers, they will take the mark of the beast. And the, all the unbelievers that don't believe in God, when they still lose everything they had, they're going to realize a lot of their riches came from Satan himself. All their blessings was from Satan. They gave God no praise. They gave God no thanks. Some are atheists where they don't even believe in God. So they're not even thankful for the meat that they're eating, the very animal that sacrificed its life for you to eat. But you cannot share that same meat with somebody else that was hungry. The unbelievers have ruined a lot in this world. But let me tell you, not only is it the unbelievers, but it's also those professing to be Christians, the believers of Christ. They have ruined this world as well. We must wake up and realize what we are doing, our lives, our judgments. Many Christian people are walking in fear today. I made a post on someone's YouTube video, a minister I watch. And I made a post on this video saying that we all need to be on high alert. And I went on in this comment saying that there's going to be a lot of homelessness and hunger going on. And that we need to be there one for another. And that we can get together through this. So we need to pray for each other. And someone sent back a comment on what I commented. And told me in that comment saying stop putting fear in people. God's children will be just fine. You've got to realize. If you think that message, that comment I left is going to be fearful. Then you can't handle The drama, the troubles that's coming, the hard times, because that tells me you are living in fear. And as the child of God, you should not fear. You already should know this was coming for many years. It tells you in the Bible, yes, God will protect his children. But when he starts sending his prophets or his children to tell you to store up for food like he did in the days of Joseph, when he told Joseph and them to store up on food because a famine was coming, and he warns you of all this danger to come and to get stored up and start storing up, and he gives you time to get prepared for this. If they all told, if Joseph and them said, no, you'll take care of me, they would have starved to death. And that's what it's going to be with the people. When hard times hit, they're going to let fear hit them. And then they're going to get mad at God and say god left me god did not take care of me he gave you time to get prepared for the famine he gave you time to get prepared for the destruction to come but you said to yourself many times god will take care of me he was you disobeyed you rebelled and remember rebellion is the same as witchcraft how much more can christ do for you when he's telling you to get prepared what if Noah said, oh, you'll take care of me. When God told him to build the ark, said, you won't let nothing happen to me or my family. God warned the people. He used Noah to warn the people. A flood was coming. He had to build this ark. And people laughed and mocked him. And once the door was closed to the ark, the people that was not in drowned in the flood. They all perished and just all because they would not obey God and that's what we're about to go back into. It's not going to be a flood or an ark we're going to be in but we have been warned about things to happen through scripture prophecies that are coming. Matthew 24 is fulfilling. The book of Revelations is fulfilling. He said he will scorch the earth and he will burn third to the third parts of the earth. Remember scripture. He said he will burn up the trees. Remember, he told us this, and it's all these wildfires. Is God speaking to us? Is his word fulfilling? You need to realize when he's giving you warnings to. Prepare. Get prepared so you don't have to do without during destruction. He says he reigns on the just and the unjust. That means he reigns his wrath on his children and he reigns his wrath on those that are unbelieving. You don't let fear stand in the way. God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of peace and sound mind. And you know, during this destruction, it's going to be a lot of murders happen because when people start losing their jobs and losing their homes and there's no food, they're going to start killing people. They're going to break into those who do have food, who still has a home, and they probably will kill the owners of the home just to get the food because these people listen and obey God and stored up for the destruction. Many people are just going to end up going insane and just start killing people Because their hearts are going to harden towards God. Especially when they had it all. And was going to church and pay their tithes and offerings. And thought God was pleased with them. And they realized through this destruction. That God is not pleased with them. And they lost their riches. They lost everything. And they're going to harden their hearts towards God. And blaspheme him. And that's what it says in Scripture. That's why you need to be thankful for what you have. And what you do have, if you can be a blessing and give to others, you need to give to others what you do have. Because God will take it all away from you if you don't. You want God to keep you blessed, but you don't want to be the blessing. So how can Christ keep blessing you if you don't want to be a blessing to someone? How do you expect Christ to keep feeding you if you don't want to feed somebody? You say it's not your problem. It's not your responsibility. Well, Christ is saying the same thing. Well, if that's how you feel, I'm not responsible to keep feeding you. I'm not responsible. It's not my problem to keep blessing you because you don't want to be a blessing to somebody else. You go to my house all you want and pay your tithes and offerings and sit there and listen to the preacher. You can listen to gospel music and you can pray all day long, but I'll turn a deaf ear to you. You turned a deaf ear to my word. You turned a deaf ear to those who needed you. You turned a deaf ear and a blind eye did not want to hear the cries of the people because you said that was not your problem. And as a Christian, you must hear the cries of the people. It tells you, do not overlook the lame and the poor. It tells you, God punished the evil doers for doing this. The government before, in times past, would overlook the sick and the poor. People would pass them by. And the evil wicked doers were taken out over this. Since the beginning of time, people tried to do away with those who are sick. They called them all kinds of names. They wanted things for themselves. And people that will lose it, they're like, well, I just lost everything then. I don't want to serve Christ. I just do my own thing. And you'll probably, most likely, you will turn to be a murderer because you're going to want something to eat. More likely, you will be the one to take the mark of the beast so you can buy you something to eat. Right now, it seems easy. You say, well, I won't be here during all of this. I've heard this before. I will not be here during all this destruction. Well, you keep thinking that. But you go back and read Matthew 24 and see what it says about the tribulations. I read it in one of the episodes here on the podcast. You go back and read Matthew 24 and that's Jesus speaking. And after I'm done with revelations, I will be going into Matthew 24 and talking on Matthew 24. But you've got to know, people are going to harden their hearts even more. And you think they're your friend, and they're going to put a knife in their back and kill you. And don't forget, words can kill. People will kill you with their tongue as well to make you feel vulnerable during this time. They'll probably tell you they hate your guts after they've been telling you for years they love you. Because things is not going as planned for them anymore. They had all this education. Most people's got this education in good careers and they lost it all. And I've said this several times. Jesus does not care about your education and what type of degree you have or what type of job you have or what title of job you've got that will not get you into the kingdom of heaven is having that personal relationship. It's being saved and doing what his word says, but people do not want to do that anymore. And people are going to see this. When the two candlesticks come and it's their time to come, people will persecute them and try to harm them because they don't want to repent. People are going to laugh when they die and rejoice that they're dead because they did not want to repent. But when God breathed his life back into them and they ascended into the heavens, fear fell upon the people that was standing around that is written in scriptures. Here in the book of Revelations, you don't want to hear the truth now. You don't want to hear it when the two candlesticks come. God knows this, Christ knows it. It's written in Scripture. There's no denying it, it's already written. Because you rather do evil deeds, you rather serve Satan. You rather do what he wants to do, you rather have his lies, his murderous ways, you rather get out here and fornicate, you rather sell your body, you rather do all kinds of stuff than to live for Christ. You rather do all these horrible things that Satan rather have you to do and you rather not do what Christ asked you to do, which is not even much. Many of you get frustrated because you are praying and it seems like God has not answered your prayers. But have you done anything to show God that you're willing to try to do His work? Have you been taking time with Him and reading the Word and praying and fasting? Sometimes you got to prove yourself to Christ. You got the liars that will come and deceive you. They ha- And they're here among us now. But they'll get worse than, during all this famine and destruction. They're going to deceive so many people. So be careful and know who's telling you the truth and who's lying to you. Don't fellowship with the liars because they could get you into a lot of trouble. But like scripture just says here, they all have their place in the lake of fire. And people going to church and lying to people and know what they're doing. And they're doing this without fear. And they don't think God is going to strike them. They don't think God's wrath or vengeance is going to come upon them. But I got news for you. His wrath and vengeance is already upon you. When things is not going right for you in your life, that is probably God's wrath upon you. And you right now, you'll say, no, it's not. No, I'm in good standings. Well, are you doing anything I just mentioned? Are you helping the needy? Are you helping your neighbors that's in need, your family? Or have you told lies about them? Have you made up excuses saying that they're faking their sickness or you're not going to help them because they're just lazy. You made false accusations and they're really struggling but you made up all these excuses why not to help. And you told others and you've lied and accused them of things that they're not doing. You lied on them and got other people thinking the worst about that individual. But yet you can't see yourself as a liar and you think you're still in good standing and you're going to church and as you lie to people during the week, you're going to church fellowshipping with all these other people and they think you're a good Christian. But some of you will even tell lies in the house of God to other people. You will tell a lie and don't think God's going to do anything to you. He keeps all this recorded. He remembers all of this. And you have no fear at all, lying. You're, you're laughing about it. And you know deep down inside you're laughing as soon as you're lying. As soon as those church doors are closed, you leave, and you might brag to a couple of people or to yourself that you had lied to them about someone and got them believing your lie. Right there in the house of God. And Jesus said, My house shall be built upon this rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we're about to see that scripture. That's what Jesus told Peter. Up on this rock, I will build my house, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And remember, Jesus turned the tables over in his house and said, my house is called the house of prayer. And... You act like Christ ain't going to do nothing to you. You act like you're invincible to his wrath and punishments. But you're about to find out differently. Because we're in a flip-flop season where the tables have turned, where the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But so many of you want to be the center of the attention that you're going to get that center of attention and you're not going to like how God exposes you as that liar. He's going to expose you for a liar, adulterer, a pedophile, whatever you are, and you got it hidden deep down inside of you. And you're going to church. And some of you are preachers and deacons and just churchgoers. Some of you calling yourself prophets in these churches and say you can prophesy. God's about to expose you for your darkness, for everything in darkness must come to the light. And he's about to bring every skeleton out of your closet. And now you're going to know what it's like to someone that you've done this to, and God's in behind it. And this is where a lot of you will get mad at God when he exposes you to the light. It was okay as long as you did it to someone else. But now the tables have turned and it's all focused on you. you even accused these other people being, wanting the center of the attention. But when it it's you who wants to be the center of attention and you got people thinking the worst about this other one. But now God says I will make you the center of attention. That's what you wanted. You wanted to be in charge, I'll put all the focus and attention upon you as I expose every skeleton of darkness that's in your closet. I'm going to do unto you as you've done unto others. And I dare you say anything to my face. Right now it's easy because you can't see me in the flesh, but you will draw your last breath soon. And when you draw that last breath, you stand before a holy Savior that died on the cross. A holy and just God that created you and breathed his life into you. You got to stand in that mist on your death. And what you are going to do then when you come face to face with Christ? What you are going to do when you're face to face with a Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Angels. And you blasphemed him here on earth and you told him what you thought. When he exposed you. When you lost all you had. Now you got face him face to face. And every knee and every tongue will confess. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is king of kings and lord of lords. So let's move on. Starting with verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God and her light, was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, at the gates twelve angels, and names written their own, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates of the north, three gates on the south, three gates, and on the west three gates, and the wall of the city had twelve foundations. And in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth foursquare, and, a- m- and, four and the length is as large as the breadth of the... Sorry. And the city four foursquare, and the length is as large as the... Bread and he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof an hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chalaison ch A-L-C-E-D-O-N-Y. Can't pronounce the word right now. The fourth, an emerald. The fifth, Sardonyx. The sixth, Sardaris. The seventh, Chrysolite. C-H-R-Y-S-O-L-I-T-E. The eighth, Braille. The ninth, a Topaz, the 10th, a chirsopras C-H-R-Y-S-O-P-R-A-S-U-S, the 11th, a jacent, the 12th, and the Amnex, the Amthus. Can't even say that word right now. A-M-E-T-H-Y-S-T. I'm spelling these words that I can't pronounce for some odd reason. I just can't pronounce them right now. I hate when that happens. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold. And it wa- and it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by the day for there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So, see, if your name's not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're not going. If you're a liar, you're not going. Just be careful. What you do, what you say, who you hang with. Because... You may be a good Christian. You may start hitting hard times. We all become disobedient. We all rebel. We all fall short of the glory of God. And rebellion is the same as witchcraft. But just remember, during all these hard times, Repent and do not take the mark. They're gonna use smooth talking words that's gonna deceive people. It's gonna be a lie. It's gonna be deceivement. They're gonna make it look so awesome to use this mark of the beast to buy your food, to sell. And in the beginning, they're gonna trick a lot of people on getting it at first. And everything's gonna probably go smoothly and peaceful. But as time goes by, they're going to realize a whole lot of people has not gotten it. So then they're going to start forcing it. And once it becomes forced, you're going to realize what you've done. And it's going to be too late because you've already took the mark. So when it is forced upon us, that's when it's the mark. When they say you cannot buy or sell without it. But in the beginning, they're not going to tell you that. So just remember, be careful. Stay away from the smooth talking words. Because once you receive the mark, like I said, once you receive that mark of the beast, your name automatically goes out of that Lamb's book of life. It does not stay or anything. You gave your soul straight over to Satan right then and there. Once you take that mark. And that's how preachers, other churchgoers, many people are gonna say, Well, I've been saved, I can do whatever I want to do, and they're gonna take it. And they don't think God's gonna wipe their name out. But it tells you in scripture, He will blot your name out. Even Moses owned that when Moses was talking to God. On Mount Sinai, and he come down and seen what the people were doing, how they had started worshiping a false god, built that golden calf and made a god out of it. He got mad at the people. And there was one point Moses told God to blot his name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. He said, blot my name out of the Book of Life. And God told Moses, I will do no such thing, but I will make these people suffer. And these people, God wrote them out. All they had to do was come back and repent. It was up to them. But Moses told God to do it for the sake of the people. He wanted his name out. But God refused it. Keep your name in that Lamb's book of love. And remember, those those who endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Right now, people can speak about it and everything will be easy and said and done for them. A lot of people think they're going to be gone before all this destruction and they have nothing to worry about. But Matthew 24 says differently. You got seven years of tribulation to go through. Then will the sun and the moon be darkened. Or will, will the sun will give off its light. And you just read Matthew 24 to understand what it says. And it says, after the seven years tribulation, then so shall the son of man return. So you read Matthew 24, and that's Jesus speaking himself when he says the signs of his return and what all is to come. And many people will get mad because they're going through these hardships and all this tribulation, and they're going to be like, I thought I'd be gone, I thought this, I thought that. And let me just go to Matthew 24. I'll reread it again because I read this once, but some of you may not go and find that episode. And I can't remember what episode that was. I think it was like two or three episodes back. But I'll read it in this one in case you're curious here. Is Matthew 24, verse 29. So listen closely. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. See? And it plainly tells you Immediately after the tribulation of those days. And I I read that. That's the King James Version of Matthew 24. You go back and read that. verse Starting with verse 29. But you read all of chapter 24. I just don't want anybody deceived. I just don't want people thinking you know, hey, we will be gone. Because I know a lot of good Christians believe that. But when it comes down to it, I don't want people getting mad at God and saying, well, you said we'll be gone. Scripture says this. And I'm trying to tell you what it actually says in Matthew 24. So that way, when we do go through tribulation, it should be like, there was one person I heard that told the truth, that actually read the scripture about it. And said that we would go through tribulations. When my preacher and the teacher at the church I went to, people I worshipped with my family for years, said we would be gone before tribulation. That way, most of you will hear this and not get mad at God. But if you still want to get mad at God because you lose everything and you have to go through all this turmoil, that's between you and Christ. But I'm trying to tell you the truth. I'm not here to argue with you about the end of time because there's so many different opinions and thoughts on that. And remember, God is the Alpha and the Omega. He knows your beginning to your end. So, He knew who you were before you were in the womb of your mother. And He ordained you and sanctified you before you were out of the womb of your mother. He knows your beginning and the end. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Keep your name and the Lamb's Book alive. Stay strong. Keep the full armor of God on. Let no man lie to you. Let nobody deceive you. Keep an eye on your children. Get away from all this stuff that says, oh, that's too negative. You shouldn't be teaching that to your child. Or I'm not going to speak that to my child. That's negative. I don't want them knowing anything about it. Then let your child take the mark of the beast and go straight to hell. If you want to say that's negative. I'm not here to be your friend. Quite honestly, the chances are, I probably already don't like you. The chances are. But I have to do what the Lord tells me to do. I'm not perfect. I've got my faults and failures. But when I see the things going on in this world, that the prophecies of this word is fulfilling of the Bible, that's when you need to know, oh, we all better start changing. I don't care if you walked with Christ before and you spoke in tongues and you prophesied and you still work through some of them gifts even though you don't serve him, you're not going to church and you're not reading the Bible, you're not praying or spending time, but you know things is coming. Let me tell you and you know, you you start seeing this, and you're like, I better change my ways. I better start repenting and start changing. Now is the time to start making changes because you are needed. Maybe something went wrong. Maybe you got hurt by your family or somebody in the church hurt you, and it just devastated you, and maybe people are too religious-fied, and you couldn't handle it anymore. I've been there. I know. But now's the time to please turn around and come back. And you know just as well as I do. Maybe you've got out into the world, but you're wanting to come back, but something's holding you. Your addiction problems. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. And you know, you've heard people say, being in church, well, these people that says they're addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever your addiction is, okay? And they can quit if they want to, but they just don't want to. They'll come in and say they they want to be delivered, but then they brought back out doing the same thing a week later. So what? You, You came forward. You asked God to deliver you. And let me tell you, God started immediately as soon as you asked. Maybe you didn't realize it, but you just keep telling him every day, Christ, I give this over to you. Deliver me from it. It may take five or ten years. You may start seeing a change where you start doing good, and you might go a whole week without it, whatever you're addicted to. You might go two weeks without doing anything, and then you fall back again, and you feel guilty. But just say, Lord, I give you this. I failed, but I give you this addiction problem. You see, this is my weakness. I give this to you. Whether it's a sex addiction, a drug addiction, whatever your addiction is, just keep saying, Lord, I give it to you. Deliver me from this. And eventually he will. It could take five or ten years. But every time you fall, and you might go a whole month and not do anything with your addiction problem. And then then you slip and fall into that addiction problem again. And you're like, you're feeling guilty because you know what you've done. Give it over. Because a lot of Christian people tell you, well, you can't be doing that. You're returning to your vomit. You're straddling the fence. Some of that is true. But a lot of that's because these these preachers and a lot of church corps said, well, God delivered me, and I was able to stop it all at once. Just because God delivered them and they were able to stop their addiction problems all at once doesn't mean you have to. Doesn't mean that's going to happen to you, what I'm trying to say here. Some people, it takes a while. And why I don't know, But it's up to me to love you and try to help you and tell you just keep giving it to Christ. Keep going there. And eventually, if it takes five or ten years, you will be completely delivered. But just keep giving it over to Him. But don't let because you keep falling and going back bring you down and just keep you stopped from giving it over to Christ and quit praying because I know a lot of Christians and preachers will start judging and condemning you over it And saying, if you can't get rid of it now, you never will. Don't listen to that. That's a lie of Satan to make you give up and just feel vulnerable and just keep you out there in that dark pit. I hope that made sense to you. But this is all I have for you tonight. I hope you enjoyed this. Next week will be the very last chapter, which is Revelations 22. And I am thrilled to be over the book of Revelations. Honestly, I am. But folks, please stay strong. Share this with your family and friends. Follow and go to my YouTube channel and subscribe there under the same name as this podcast. Thank you.